This, this no. is this is this is carbureted, and these carburetors are very complicated, and so is the emission control system associated with this. In fact, this car had uh, unfortunately more vacuum hoses and more emission control little <laughs> yeah. relays and solenoids and God knows what else. And <laughs> it, it it's not going to be something that you're going to figure out yourself. It's at the mechanic right now, and he can't figure it out. It's been there for three days. Uh huh. But but I tell you, it's it's very likely that it's flooding. Uh-huh. And that, that would make the RPM go down because it floods, and it's putting in so much extra gasoline that it's putting out the, the spark plugs. Okay. And then it stops flooding for a, a few seconds, and the RPM comes up, and it, it runs normally because the, the fuel-air mixture is correct. Uh-huh. But he's going to have to figure out, and the way we used to uh, determine this primarily is by using the emissions tester and watching the emissions go cuckoo when it misbehaves. I mean, it could certainly be... An ignition problem too. You could have a weak spark from, because you have a weak coil or right. or something like that. But that's he, what I thought it was. But he's going to have to isolate one or the other, and and he's going to have to see if in fact the uh, uh, the the spark is getting weak. He can do that with his oscilloscope if he has one, or he can use the old method that we use with my brother, but having Tommy <laughs> stick his tongue out <laughs> and putting the coil wire on his tongue, <laughs> and uh, that worked as that well works. as anything. That works. How old, wait a minute, how old is this guy who's working on this car? Oh, I am middle-aged. He's, it's, I've been going oh. to this mechanic since I've been here. Is, is he 50? Um, not quite that old. He might not be old enough. I right. think 50, you've got to look for someone who's 50 years old. Okay. Who has had the experience. And we used to work on these all the time because they did have these kinds of problems. So right. are, you, are you over 50? <laughs> Talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, as a matter of fact. Woo! <laughs> 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 I wonder, is that but, what but I'm going to look but, like when I get to 50? But you're going you're gonna to find someone who's over 50 but still has some brain cells left. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but I think if, if this guy isn't familiar with Hondas, I think you, instead of taking it to the dealer, you might have to find someone in town that's a Honda specialist. So what happens if I don't get this fixed? Well, eventually... No, you're going to get killed. You're going to get stuck. All right, so maybe I should just tell my dad I need a new car. But, but let, let's, look at the, let's look at the straight economics of it. Let, let's say... That you spend some amount of money to get this fixed. Right. 300 bucks. Right. Right. And it does get fixed and it lasts until May. Right. In May, you, you're gonna, the, the folks are going to get your new car for graduation. They're going to get yeah, you right. an Audi TT. We know it. Well, they called us and they asked, <laughs> asked us what, they, what uh, we thought you would like. So if they're going to buy you a new car then, why not buy it now? Because this $300 that you spent, <laughs> wait, wait, listen to this now, the 300 bucks you spent to fix this thing yeah. is probably not going to be the end of the line. It may be that next month you spend another 200 or 300 to fix the next thing that breaks, and then you're never going to sell it for enough yeah. to recoup that money. So you're essentially, you're throwing money down the drain. Exactly. This is exactly right. the equivalent situation that happens to my brother every time he fills up his gas tank. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really hope my father's listening right now. I think so. I hope so. Well, he was. He just talked to us, and, and, and we told him the Audi TT is for you. <laughs> See you later. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. 1-888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Hi, fellas. This is uh, Ethan calling you from Missoula, Montana. Hi, Ethan from Ethan. Missoula. What's going on, man? Well, you guys, I have an ethics question dealing with selling my Chevy Blazer. I was driving across the country about two years ago, and it was struck by lightning. Really? And Were you in it? I was. I was going about 70 miles an hour across Iowa at 2 in the morning. How exciting was it? Um, <laughs> it was something else. My hair was standing up for a couple hours. Did it damage the truck at all? Well, 
only electronically. I had it into a dealer for about two days in Council Bluffs, and they went through and took out anything electronic and put in brand new stuff. And since then, I haven't had any problems. So um, my question is, now that I'm selling this truck, is this something that I should be telling prospective buyers? Or I, I have Absolutely. You couldn't buy. have a better selling point than this. <laughs> They've been hit by lightning. First of all, the chances of it being hit again. <laughs> it's been like pre-disastered. That's right. What a deal. Yes, it's already been hit by lightning. That's not going to happen to you. You could put an ad in any paper and you'd get 500 phone calls. People are looking for cars that are already disastered. <laughs> so you don't think that it would scare off potential buyers to say that everything electronic was was fried a couple years ago? No, is it? I would advertise that I have all new electronics. <laughs> right. <laughs> Leave out that little detail. People say, "Why do you have all new electronics?" Well, every fifteen years, I always replace everything.